Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. We're so glad you tuned in today, and if you're in the area, come out and join us at our new home, located at 3035 Nicolette Street in Banning. If you are unable to attend, you can tune in on YouTube Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. And don't forget to join us for our worship on Instagram Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, 30 minutes before the YouTube broadcasts. We would also like to encourage you to check out our website at calvarychapelsweethills.org where you can keep up on the current messages, ministries, and happenings at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills. Today our teaching is in the book of Acts chapter 17. Here's Pastor Ryan. Father, we thank you again for this morning, for your goodness in our life, for all that you have done, Lord, and all that you're doing. Lord, you pulled us out of the pit. Lord, you pulled us out of despair and lives, Lord, without hope, without any future, without any lasting satisfaction, Lord. And you transmitted us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the Son of your love. And Lord, it is a kingdom of light. And we pray that your light shine this morning. As we study your word, may you enlighten us. May you bless us. May you uh, remove any sin in our lives, any distractions, any pride, any arrogance, and that we would receive your word like children, Lord, who have simple faith in you. We pray for our faith to grow. We pray for faith to be born here, that people would believe who hear. And so, Lord, open hearts today. Pour out your grace. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. And so the last time we were together, Paul the Apostle, we were in Philippi, the area of the region of Macedonia. It's modern-day Greece, and it is Paul the Apostle's second missionary journey. The Lord's using him powerfully. He just received a beatdown for the first time, him and Silas. Uh, for the name of the Lord, as we read last time in that Philippian jail where the jailers were, where the jailer came to know the Lord and his whole family. And so now we read that when they had passed through Amphipolis and uh, Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, and that is about a hundred miles west of Philippi. And so they made a 100-mile journey going west. And uh, we read here that there was a synagogue of the Jews. And then Paul, as was his custom, went into that synagogue. It says he went into them. And for three Sabbaths, reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, This Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of the devout Greeks, 
and not a few of the leading women, so not just a few of the leading women, but many of the leading women there in Thessalonica, the Jews and devout Greeks, they believed and joined Paul and Silas. So what's beautiful here is that as they enter the synagogue in Thessalonica, it says that they reasoned with them through the scriptures, explaining to them that Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, was prophesied that he would suffer because it was common belief for the Jews, for the religious Jews, for Israel, that the Messiah would arrive one day and automatically establish his kingdom here on earth, get rid of the Romans, and they'd live happily ever after. But that's not true. The scriptures did prophesy that the Messiah would come and suffer a terrible death, but then rise from the dead. And it says here that he reasoned with them, through the scriptures and explaining and demonstrating to them. We're not told what scriptures he quoted or used, but there's a few that we have in our Bibles, amen? The whole Testament basically is one arrow pointing to the reality of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Psalm 22, verse 15 through 18, maybe he quoted the psalm. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. And you picture Jesus on the cross, so everyone's looking at him. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Maybe he read Isaiah 53 in their presence. Verse 3 through 5, it says, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. By But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our inequities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. In Psalm 16:10, For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Jesus was resurrected. The tomb is empty. He died on the cross for our sins. He bled so that we didn't have to bleed. He took the wrath that should have came upon us, upon himself. And our, his blood cleanses us of our sins if we believe in him, if we follow him. And he was risen for our justification. And so he's explaining to them. He's reasoning with them through the scriptures. Always, Lord, through your scriptures. How important, my brothers and sisters, do you think it is for us to be able to reason with the scriptures, through the scriptures, or reason with people through the scriptures? Isn't it so important for us as believers to be able to reason with people through the scriptures? Parents ought to be able to reason with their children through the scriptures. 
you don't just have to behave because I say it, mijo, mija. You have to behave because in the word of God, it says that the young ladies are to be virgins, are to be chaste, are to be modest. That the boys are to be holy, that they're to be respectful, and so on and so forth. Reasoning through the word of God. Spouses reasoning to one another. The wife saying, well, love me as Christ loved the church, husband. And the husband saying, submit unto me in all things as unto the Lord. There's the reasoning through scriptures. I think it's more important than ever in our time that we learn to reason through the word of God. It has always been important, but I think way more today. Because the enemy is running uh, uh, rampant to deceive. We know that today many churches are falling into apostasy. You know what apostasy means? It means they're pulling back from God in various ways. The main way is the word of God not being taught to the people. So the people don't understand how to live because they don't know the word of God. The word of God is not being taught. Can I get an amen? Amen. The days are full of deception. Churches do, some churches don't want to teach the word of God, but rather give seeker-friendly messages so that they don't offend people. Can't you just make church fun? I don't, we don't got to get in the word. Let's, let's make it fun. Let's, let's get some visuals, get some lasers, some smoke machines, disco ball. Listen, there's nothing wrong with entertainment, but go to a movie, a good movie, a holy movie, if you can find one. But you know what I mean? This is the place for the word of God to be taught. It's very important. The devil is running rampant with his misinformation, disinformation, the closing down of churches, I'll add that, to the devil, and his censoring of of truthful information in all ways. Not to mention the lawlessness and the wickedness that is abounding in our culture, in our country, in our cities today. Evil is considered good and good is considered evil. It is more important than ever for us to be able to reason with people from the scriptures. Paul warned about these days, didn't he? In 2 Timothy 4.3, and it was the Lord through Paul. It was the Lord through Paul. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears. They will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. He said it. We're living in those days. People don't want to endure it. They don't want to sit through the word. There are, there are pastors who, I don't know if they know this verse or not, but they, they say, they literally say, we do not teach for 45 minutes because if we taught the Bible for 45 minutes, they wouldn't be able to handle it. They'll get out and leave. But don't you know that the scripture said that in the last days they're going to bounce? They're going to want to bounce? They're going to want to put pastors to not teach the word? Don't, didn't you, don't you know this? Maybe they don't. Maybe their seminary skipped that part. Maybe they're more more concerned with filling seats rather than making disciples. When the Lord said make disciples, disciples, it means learned ones. Those who are learned, who learn what? The scriptures. I didn't like school growing up. 
Maybe the te- I'll blame the teachers. I'm sure school is cool. But, you know, I got my, my diploma from the Valley Lindo Continuation School in Almani. I wasn't into school. But now I'm a Christian, and I accept the reality that I am now a lifelong student. And that Christianity is a lifelong education. We read a lot. We, that's our calling. That's all of us. We study. The Word of God is our greatest weapon. It's, against, it's the greatest weapon against the devil. It's the greatest weapon against the lies of this world. It's the greatest weapon against the temptation of our flesh. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, he quoted scriptures the three times that are recorded. It is written, it is written, and again, it is written. It is the word of God. In Hebrews 4.12, you know that scripture well. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. In Ephesians 6, Paul would say concerning the armor of God, he says, and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's a powerful weapon. It seems like I got zapped by the reality of that as I was ministering to the Lord this weekend. Yesterday I had the pleasure and the honor of uh, doing uh, Calvary Chapel Arcadia's men's breakfast. And Pastor Andre really wanted me to get down there because he has a group of young men that are hungry for the ministry. They're like young evangelists. Like they literally go stand on soapboxes and preach on corners and, you know, nothing cuckoo, but just like legit, like, you know, Jesus loves you. You want to know about God, that, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, but he's like so excited about him and, and wanted me to go down there and meet this whole, you know, he's got an influx of new people, praise the Lord. So I went down there yesterday and I was sharing with them how walking with the Lord takes more than what I first expected it would take. Walking with the Lord takes more, it, it takes more responsibility on our end than I first would have thought. Being in ministry even more so. I shared with them, don't forget the goodness of the Lord as you minister. Don't forget the goodness of the Lord as you walk in the Lord, as you, as you walk your Christian life. Remember that God is good and accept his good things. King David, when his kingdom was established, he cried out to God in, in praise and he says, you have brought me thus far. He was just looking back like from the sheepfold to like king. You know, so I was sharing with them that it's a long journey. The things that you desire and you're praying for as a Christian, they don't happen overnight all the time. There's a journey. There's a process. God's building character. But but if we want things to happen rapidly, we need to pray. If we want spiritual results, we have to go about it through spiritual means. And I knew they were pumped up about ministry, so I told them, I said, God is just as concerned with the service as the servant. And he desires that the servant be filled, overflowing with the Spirit, that the servant be filled with the Word of God. And it was great. It was the Holy Spirit was moving. I told the boys, I said, I I meant to get up early to pray, but the Holy Spirit woke me up way too early, like at 4.30. And I would get in my balcony and I look out to the stars. I look to the hills from hence comes my help. And I told them that if I had not waken up, if the Lord had not waken me up, I'd have nothing to give you. 
And we went around and we discussed and one of the youngsters started weeping. And he says, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't love the Lord like I should. And just weeping. And I said to him, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I said to him, I wish more men wept like you over that. Another young man said to me, you know, pastor, I, I go and evangelize. And I pray the 20 minutes before I go out. And the Lord said to me, that's not going to cut it. And I said, amen, amen. It's not going to cut it. We need to know the word of God to be able to reason with people. I reasoned with those young ministers over there through the word of God. And I am, I have been inundated with, with um, ministry opportunities where, where the word of God needs to be applied to it. Because that's what I do. I, that's what any pastor needs to do who's worth his salt. Is, is apply the word of God to whatever situation needs it whatever council session whatever so another brother who says he had the he had the glean in his eye the lord uh i want him to use me everywhere i'll be used anywhere and i heard him and i he began to talk more finds out that his wife doesn't respect him finds out i find out that his son punks him anyone know what punk means doesn't respect him says rude things to him i told him to put his ministry dreams aside and take care of your home god doesn't god doesn't want you to do ministry he wants you to do take care of that if she get an, a mediator in there tomorrow soon and take that 23 year old son of yours to the front of your house to the door and tell him if he ever tries to disrespect you again he'll do it from outside because he's no longer going to live in your house that's the word of god it's not my word. It's the word. I'm reasoning with him through the word of God. Then you can go do your ministry. I'm going to stop with the book of Acts. Contextually, Paul's going to get into more traveling, more, more issues. But I just want to ride off of, of him reasoning through the scriptures to emphasize to our church this morning how much we need the word of God. Because we are hurting for discernment. We are hurting for it. And I just want to share some things that hopefully will help you that have helped me. Not like I'm the king of discernment here. I mean, I, there's things that come out of my mouth that I, oh, Lord, I'm such a mess. I don't have it all together. Nobody does. But we all, including me, myself, and I, need more discernment. We need to remember the importance of of the word of God and like I said it's powerful but here's another thing I want to say about the word of God that the word of our lives are upheld by the word of God if we're going to reason with people we must remember today that our lives our very lives are upheld by the word of God turn with me to Hebrews 1 in verse 1 it reads, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, 
and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had himself purged our sins and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Hebrews 1 tells us that Jesus is the heir of all things. He is going to inherit a new heaven, a new earth. The nations will come and bring him worship. This is going to take place uh, very soon. But it reminds us that he's the heir of all things. He's going to inherit. But it also says that he is the creator of all things. That all things were made by him. The world was made by him. He spoke the word and the world was made. Let there be light and light was. Then we're also reminded that Jesus upholds all things by the word of his power. Everything is held together by the word of his power. If it wasn't for the grace of Jesus Christ, his very word can destroy us. It isn't gravity holding you down. It is the grace of the word of Jesus Christ that even gives breath in your lungs. And without him, we all would perish instantly. Without him, even the wicked who could care less about him have their breath from him. They don't even know it. He upholds all things by the word of his power. The world is spinning as we know it, but it's held together by Jesus Christ's word. Our lives are held together by the amount of the word of God that we have in our lives. Kids, you hear me? The more you read the word and meditate on it, the more your lives will be held together. The more our marriages will be held together the more our church will be held together. The word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. You know what the most important thing that we do here at Sweet Hills? It is the teaching of the word of God because the word of God converts the soul. And it's neat to remind the staff, to remind the team, don't be distracting me. Don't be messing with Pastor Ryan before service. Pastor Ryan has his game face on me. I'm going to war. I don't need to hear about Mickey Mouse stuff. People ask me, are you okay? I look all, yeah, I'm all messed up. I'm going to war. So I look like, you know, get some dirt in my hands and just no distractions, please. It's the most important thing that we do. And I want to remind the staff here. Just It's the most important. This is why we don't want distractions in here. The warfare that pastors go through. It's crazy. And it's getting more and more crazier. So I covet your prayers. I am a high value target. I am a high value target. All pastors are, especially the pastors who are teaching the word of God. They're high value targets. The pastors are just telling people to think happy thoughts and have a good time and you'll get into heaven. They're not so, so experiencing that. They're not a threat. A threat is the pastor, it's the Christians who are going to reason with people through the scriptures. In Matthew 7, Jesus would say in verse 24 through 27, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them 
will be likened to a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Jesus said that our, that our world will be held together, our homes will be held together by the hearing and the doing of his word. In Psalm 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind blows away. They're like that house on the sand that the wind blows away. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio with the Bible teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein. If you're in the area, come out and join us at our new location at 3035 Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. If you would like more information or would like to send a gift to the ministry, check out our website at calvarychapelsweethills.org or you can call us at 951-572-2309. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Cherubim, above.